Good evening, everyone. Clinton Cole here with the Future Sox Podcast. It is Sunday night, January 27th, 2019. This is our second Future Sox Podcast of the new year, and it is a good one. It is a one of variety, but it's a good one. We've had some uh, big news lately for Future Sox. You can follow us on Twitter at Future Sox. We're on Facebook at Future Sox, Instagram at Future Sox as well, and we have a YouTube channel. Uh, for Future Sox, where I had uh, the pleasure of interviewing, I don't know, five, six prospects this weekend at SoxFest. SoxFest just wrapped up as well. Uh, so check those interviews out uh, for for that. Uh, getting back to the podcast. So tonight's episode or tomorrow's episode, today's episode, whatever you want to call it, uh, it is a smorgasbord of White Sox information. We're going to start things out with Laz Rivera. I spoke with Laz uh, right after he got back from his trip to the Dominican with the uh, White Sox prospects and the Dominican uh, prospects with the White Sox as well. And then Blake Rutherford, I interviewed uh, Blake back at the beginning of January, talked with Blake a little bit about, you know, what he's doing, uh, his good friend Christian Yelich, the uh, end of the season he had, you know, what Blake's doing this off season as well. And then at Sox Fest, I was able to speak with Jason Benetti for about a minute and then Rick Hahn for maybe about five minutes. So those two interviews are on the end of the podcast as well. So a lot of stuff going on here. It's not very long, maybe about 36, looks like uh, 35, 36 minutes here. So a lot of information, a little bit of time, but uh, should be a good one. So we thank you for listening. Um, also at SoxFest, uh, before I left on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, I was able to spend about 10 minutes with Mike Rodolfo. Um, he was nice enough to give me some of his time. So I talked with him about how the rehab's going. Um, that will not be on the podcast. Instead, I'll be writing uh, a little bit, a little article about him. Uh, Mike is a good dude. Um, always takes time to uh, talk with me, so I'm going to write up an article. We'll uh, look for that one probably, I'd say, I don't know, maybe the beginning of next week. So that first week of February, pitchers and catchers just a few weeks away, and then spring training, and then another White Sox baseball season. So be sure to follow us along uh, all season long for our minor league coverage at Future Sox Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and we've got that YouTube channel as well. Got a lot of good video stuff there for uh, for your viewing pleasure. All right, here we go. First one, it's Laz Rivera. Welcome back to another Future Sox podcast. Uh, your host here, Clinton Cole, um, joining me on Skype now. Just uh, just back from uh, the uh, Dominican is Laz Rivera. Laz, uh, thanks for your time today, man, and. Your weather there down in the uh, Dominican probably a little bit better than it is in Chicago now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's I mean I'm in Miami right now. The weather it's nice. It's nice. We got nice uh, 70s, mid 70s. Yeah, I think uh, the wind chill this morning was negative eight here. So you know it's. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not, that's not it. a, a little rough. A little rough. All right, uh, yeah. let's. You just came back from the Dominican. Um, the White Sox put on a. Um, you know, I'm just gonna let you tell you tell everyone what what they did. I don't want to uh, mess anything up. So so tell us what what you guys did down there. Who was there? Um, how long you were there? All that good stuff. Um, uh, we were there uh, from Monday to Friday. I mean, it was just a great experience. I mean, the first on Monday we got there it was a travel day. We just kind of hung out. Tuesday we got to the academy. We practiced. We did all the good stuff. Baseball. Got our work done in the cages on the field. And then after that, they uh, they took us to a baseball game, which was which was really interesting because I mean I've never been to one, and it's just a good good experience to see how excited they get when they get even a hit or a run scored. It was it was awesome. 
Um, Wednesday, we, we went back to the field, the academy. We got our work done. And then we went to, uh, we did like a camp for kids. And that was, that was just a great experience, man. I mean, the, the excitement those kids had out there, it's something that makes you, it, it kind of takes you back to when you were a little kid and enjoying everything about baseball before it actually became a job. And then Wednesday, we uh, went to an orphanage. Thursday, we went to an orphanage. And that was just another phenomenal, great experience, getting to know, like seeing all those kids, how happy they were just with them. We were giving them the hats, the shirts. Even when we were just playing with them, it was just, it was a good time, man. It was just very eye-opening to us. So who all was there? I mean, I know a lot of the, some of the top prospects were there and then some, some other from the Dominican League. Is that how, what was that all about then? I mean, uh, it was there. I mean, from the United States, it was, uh, we had Gavin Sheets, Jimmy Lambert, uh, Zach Birdie, Dylan Cease, um, Steel Walker, Nick Madrigal, Zach Collins, uh, Dane Dunning, and I mean, from uh, from the Dominican, it was a couple guys there. I mean, Elo Jimenez was there. Right. He practiced with us those couple days. Um, from the coaching staff point, it was uh, Chris Getz was there, Kenny Williams. Um, we had uh, Gelly. Gelly was there. Sizzle was there. Uh, and then I think you guys um, was like Ronaldo Lopez was down there for a little while. Yes, he was there for a little bit. Yeah, we um, he he worked out with us one or two days. He didn't much do much of the stuff on the field, but right. he worked out with us in the gym. Yep. All right, so I mean, the the White Sox. I don't know how many other teams do this, but I mean, the overall experience for you guys, kind of. I mean, right before spring training here, I guess not right before, but you guys have what three three weeks or so, ten days, twenty five. Yeah, like three and a half. Three three yeah. and a half weeks. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of you, a lot of you guys got together, and I I don't know if you've. How many of the guys that were there that you'd never met before? But I'm sure there were guys there that hadn't met each other before, so I'm sure that was a good thing for everyone too. I mean, from the guys that was there that I've never met before, I mean, I've met them, but I've never really had a chance to have conversations right. with them. It would be like Dane Dunning. Um, that was the first time I really got to hang out with him. Even Steel Walker, since he had just gotten drafted, I haven't really met him. Um, and the uh, even Dylan Cease, I mean, I I only got him to see for a little bit in spring training last year. I didn't really get to hang out with them. And from the – even Eloy, I mean, I never really hung out with Eloy. I mean, you hear all the – everything about him, and and he's kind of like – I mean, he's he's just a great guy. I mean, you don't see him on paper. He's good. And then even as a person, he's just a great dude to hang out with, even talk to. He, I mean, we got to talk a lot about baseball. Zebby was another guy I got to hang out with that, I mean, I've – heard a lot about and never really got to hang out with him either so i mean other than that it was good i mean those guys were just good time to be with all right let's go back to um your your season uh this past season you um you know you spent time in in Canapolis and then uh mid-season or whatever you want to call it not all-star break but you know midway through the season or whatever it was you uh, moved up to winston um i saw you i saw you guys play obviously a lot in Canapolis and then in winston too so Starting starting in Canapolis, you guys had a lot of talent on that team as well, and then some guys that weren't even you know that that got hurt from from Cade and then Jake who never even um, played, and then Luis Robert was there for a little while, then he was he didn't play a lot, but I mean you guys had so much talent. So what's it like playing? I mean we'll get to that same situation in Winston, but what was it like playing in Canapolis for you? Uh, it was fun. It was good. I mean we had Luis Gonzalez there. We had a lot of good prospects there. I mean it was fun. I mean we got enough in the streak where we were just winning games 
and it was just coming easy to us. And it wasn't really, it wasn't, you weren't ever, ever dreading going to the field because you were always surrounded by such a great coaching staff and such a great group of guys. And we were just enjoying every, every bit of it. I mean, we, everything, everything to the locker room, to the field, to even practices, you never really, never wanted to be there. It was always just awesome. It was good. It was a great experience. So then you moved to Winston um, and then learned from, you know, from one of the, uh, one of the, one of the best to do it in Omar. And, you know, what, what was that like for you to learn from, I don't know what your interaction with him was prior to getting there, but what was it like to, to pick up a few things and learn from, you know, one of the best middle infielders ever? I mean, as being an infielder, learning from Omar Vizquel is actually one of the, the greatest, probably if not the best moment of my life. I mean, Obviously, he played in the big leagues for so many years, and for him to, for you to be able to learn from him one on one, it was great. I mean, he he helped me in so many ways and so many situations. He would he would sit me down when I wouldn't do something in a certain way, or if if there was a situation I could have done differently, he would explain to me in a way I would understand, and he would put it in his own words, and it was just easy to understand, easy to interpret. What about the other coaches on the uh, on that staff? I mean, some of these other guys with some big league experience too. Um, yeah, we had uh, yeah. Sipo. We Sipo was our hitting guy, and he he was good too. I mean, everything we wanted to get done to before even after games, he was there, and then he would, we would go to video if we needed video. Then we had our first first base coach and catching coach uh, Q. We called him Q. He was uh, he was good. He was around the same page as Sipo with hitting wise. If we all had a question about a pitcher or what we were doing wrong in this game or, cause I mean, it's a, it's a lot of games and your swing isn't going to feel the same every day. And both those guys did a great job in keeping us in the same page. So how about your individual season? Uh, you, you obviously played very well this year in, in Canapolis and it seemed like you, um, you hit even, even better. It seemed like it, at times in Winston and then you drove in, you know, quite a few runs in Winston as well. But uh, what kind of adjustments did you have to make uh, moving from Kannapolis to to Winston, I mean, obviously your approach, no matter who you're facing, I, I would assume is, is relatively the same. But uh, I mean, outside of situational hitting and stuff like that. But uh, what kind of things did you have to to adjust when you moved up? Definitely, definitely would be the pitch uh, facing the pitchers. I mean, the pitchers from low A to high have, I, I would think, a little bit of better stuff and right. better command of their stuff. And I think that was one of my biggest adjustments was on that, facing different pitchers. And, I mean, they would throw you different pitches at different counts. And it was just a, a bigger adjustment. So I remember my first week there, um, I was like two for like 20, and, I, and Sipo sat me down, and when he talked to me, he was just telling me, like, it's, it's, not, it's not a different game. I remember, I'll never forget, he told me it's not a different game. It's the same game. It's not a bad in baseball. It's just a matter of just being more patient and waiting for your pitch. Because I know in Canapolis I was a little bit more aggressive than I was in Winston. So, I mean, that when he told me that, I just took off, you know. And I know Omar also told me, why don't you try uh, taking a pitch? You know, why don't you try today? Let's do something different and take the first pitch and see how that goes for you. And I did. I mean, I, I did that, and that was the first day. I mean, that was my first game. I went 5-5. Five, five. I really broke out from there. And from there on, it was just it came. It just kept going. You had a uh, – I remember one game. One game I wasn't, uh, wasn't there, there was – it was the extra innings, the, the walk-off grand slam. What was that like? That was the greatest moment of my life in baseball. 
I've never I've never been a part of something so great and the atmosphere was just awesome in Winston and from the dugout. And I remember before I going up to hit, before the whole thing uh came out, before the inning even started, Omar Omar comes up to me and goes, uh, you might be the one being able to drive in the runs. I was like, I don't know, there's a lot of guys in front of me. I mean anybody can do it. I mean, it's a great lineup. He's like, No, trust me and then I ended up coming up, bases loaded. And he's just laughing at me. We're just looking. We're staring down at each other as I'm walking up to him. And he's smiling. And then next thing you know, I mean, he throws me a fastball, and I just get get my hands in it, and it was good. I got the barrel to it, drove it, and as I was walking in, he, like, high-fived me, and he said, I told you. And then it's just – it was good. I mean, it was just amazing. That's awesome. It was a fun season for, you know, both halves for you guys. Uh, let's let's yeah. talk about some of the other guys as well, and then I'm gonna ask you um, kind of get get what you're doing right now, and then what you're looking to move uh, or to to improve on next year. So some of these other guys you played with, I mean, <laughs> the the amount of talent you guys have is is pretty outstanding. From uh, I guess the pitchers, um, you know, starting in Canapolis, some of the guys you guys had had a lot of guys that um, that that eventually moved up, but I guess one guy that people didn't get to see. A lot was Cade because you know he got hurt, and I talked to Cade a little bit before. But what was it like uh, when when Cade took the mound for you guys? It was lights out. I mean, there was time. I mean, every time you would look at the rotation and Cade was up, you would know it's going to be a close game that the hitters were going to have to do their part of the game because you knew he was going to do his job. I mean, Cade Cade was like he was like a bulldog out there. I mean, he he was just like. He had a ton of vision. He would go in and just do what he had to do and keep us in it every day. Some of the other the other middle infielders, maybe some a couple guys that that don't get as much, I don't know, publicity or whatever it would be. Tate and Luis Curbelo. I mean, those two guys. Um, what was it like? I mean, for you, I know Luis was hurt for a good part of that first half, and then even Yohan Cruz. I mean, you guys had a, a pretty solid, pretty solid infield there. Yeah, we uh we had good we had great communication. I mean, between me and Tay, we would have good communication. I mean, we got to play a little bit together in spring training. That was actually the first time I met Tate. And then throughout the year, me and him just we we got a bond. I mean, it was I mean we were together for so long, and it was easy. Like we would know when when to turn a little play. We wouldn't even there was times we wouldn't even have to communicate these things because we would just know even on when we would dive up the middle and everything, we just clicked throughout the year and that was to my left and to my right with Joan Cruz it was it was a similar thing. And when one of us messed up we would just tell each other like what would happen and then we would just move on from it and just get each other better. One other guy in Canapolis that was that moved up to Winston with you is Luis Gonzalez. I mean that guy another guy that so much, so much talent that um just because he wasn't a you know a first round pick, I guess some people going into last year maybe maybe not have may not have heard of him or whatever it is, but I mean Everybody knows who he is now that uh, that follows not only the Sox system but minor league baseball. Luis Gonzalez, he was my roommate. Um, he was my roommate in Canapolis. He was my roommate in Winston. And when I tell you he's one of the strongest mentally person I know, he is. I mean, that guy, he could go 0 for 10, and then he would be in the third day and be like, last today I'm going 3 for 3. It doesn't matter. I might hit three homers or three doubles or three singles, but today I'm going 3 for 3. And his attitude towards every play was aggressive. He never gave a play down. He never let one bad moment take over any of his other moments in the game. 
I mean, he it didn't matter. I mean, I can't even put into words how great as a person he is and as a player he is. Some of the other guys um, that you played with in Winston, you know, some of the other top prospects, I guess, you know, Luis Robert and Madrigal. And um, you didn't you didn't play with Dylan uh, there in Winston, but, uh, you know, the, the system is loaded. So what is it like overall for you um, to share a field with these guys, to, to take BP and, you know, to just mess around and, and learn from these guys? What's that like for you? It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, obviously, all these guys are low are up there. I mean, they're one of the greatest players in minor league baseball, and one day we'll be in, in the big leagues, and it's just awesome, awesome being able to be a part of everything the White Sox are doing right now and being a part with them. Uh, Nick Cohen, Nick Magical, Lewis Robert, those those guys, I mean, they, they're they just great. They're just great. Nick Magical, his attitude is just great. Uh, he's a good, good kid, a good guy, and even playing on the field and learning from him, it's just, it's just awesome. Nick, it's just, he has a like an atmosphere to him to where he, it doesn't matter what anything comes his way. He's going to knock it down. So, I mean, not to definitely not belittling what you did this year. I mean, you, you showed you, you belong with these guys and um, you had, you, you yourself had a great season and you, you know, you came on the radar with, and a lot of people didn't know who you were coming into the season, but now you're on the radar as well. And I know that, you know, you probably feel like there's, you know, things you can improve on as well. So what are you doing uh, this off season to, to be that much more ready for spring training this year and then to even have a better year next year? Um, this year I'm really working on – one of the main things I'm really working on is probably my flexibility. If I want to do stay in the middle infield okay. or maybe third, probably my flexibility would be one of the main things I'm working on. And my strength, I mean, I'm trying to maintain the same strength I had last year. I want to keep it through all 440 games. So, But my main, main reason, biggest thing is this offseason would be my flexibility. I mean, I'm, I do, I, I'm trying to I'm doing some yoga in the mornings now to maintain my flexibility in my hips. And I, I'm more, doing more agility. So that's one of the biggest things I'm working on this offseason. So when you are um, right, you know, out of spring training, what's something, I, I guess – you're you want to focus on at spring training this year not you know obviously you can't have game reps in I mean you not like in winter where you can you know in spring training so what are some things you, you want to work on in spring training then um staying healthy staying healthy okay. um that's one of the main things that's one of my biggest things always being able to play those 140 games because you never want to stay you never want to miss a game you always want to be out there staying healthy and working hard every day. I mean, everybody's out there trying to win a spot, so you really want to come out there and break with a team. So that's one of my biggest things is going out there, doing my best, and going hard. Always going hard. I mean, it's you. We're only out. We're out there for a long time, and it's tough. Sometimes it's mentally fatiguing, but you really can't let that bring you down. And I just try to be out there at my hundred percent always. All right, lads. You got a couple more weeks here until uh, spring training, and then what is it first week of april or that first weekend of april whatever it is minor league season starts for you guys and uh i'm sure you uh you know you'll move up quickly so thanks for your time man appreciate it good luck and we'll be in touch all right man thank you very much thank you welcome back to another future Sox podcast our second one of 2019 and taking his time tonight to uh to chat a little White Sox baseball, and uh, obviously his career is Blake Rutherford. Blake, thanks for your time, man. Of course. Thank you, Tom. 
So uh, before we get uh, to last season uh, in, in Winston-Salem, let's talk about your off-season. So what are you up to now? Uh, when are you you uh, hitting and throwing now? What's what's your off-season looking like? Yeah, um, I've been working out at a place called Pro Sports Performance. Um, I've worked out there the past couple of years. Um, my trainer, Ryan Sorensen. Um, there's a good group of guys there this year, um, both minor league and major league players, so I've been working out. Um, just recently... Uh, I really started to, to start hitting, um, just kind of working on some stuff, making some adjustments. Um, and I understand that too. Um, not that far, but just kind of working in here, trying to regain the arm strength. And I continue to build on that. Um, but last season's been really good. I'm surrounded by a lot of really good players that I've already learned a lot from and um, hope to continue to learn as this off season uh, wraps up. So I was going to ask you this um, a little bit later, but uh, I know a lot of Sox fans know. Uh, you know, you have a, a good relationship with with Christian Yelich, and um, like your your brothers played together or something like that too. Uh, so, what, what's your relationship like with him, and what an end of the season he had? Yeah, um, my uh, older brother played with his middle brother um, in baseball, and our family kind of met each other. But I'm never really um, being pushing that way. Older than me, obviously. Um, but we spent most time working out of practice. And um, we've kind of become really close, and he's kind of a, a bigger brother, bigger to me, just um, always kind of messing with me. But I've also learned a lot from him. I mean, he's done a big help to me in my career. And uh, even today, just hitting with him and just the little stuff that he's been able to help me with. Um, and he's always just checking on me. I mean, throughout the whole season, cool checking him and just make sure things are going well. Um, but, I mean, he's a great person. And um, as far as anything's years ago, I mean, it was incredible. Um, I always told him that I just kind of want to know what a month like that feels like. Um, just uh, everything you hit, I feel like it's, it's a whole run or either hit really hard. But um, as far as the person, I mean, he's a person and he's always looked after me. And um, it's someone uh, that I look up to for sure, just as far as uh, what he can be on the baseball field. But it's the uh, stuff he does off the field and the community too. Right, so let's talk about your uh, season in uh, Winston-Salem. I see you guys. I don't know, probably 25 times or so. And I mean, your your first half was obviously incredible, as was your second half. And and I think the the most inter- interesting part about it was, I mean, you guys had what six, eight new guys come in after that first half, and it seemed like you didn't skip a beat. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that team was one of the closest teams I've ever played on. Uh, from the coaching staff and staying that in it with all the players. I mean, I feel like we generally really like to be around each other. Um, and sometimes they came up, kind of fit right in, and just kept on pushing and going forward. Uh, but all did a great job just keeping it loose in the locker room, uh, keeping it calm in the background. Just, I, I feel like we all enjoyed trying to do the whole year, just trying to how loose they kept it and people and everything uh, continue the same way and sloppy. Uh, and just everyone was there to help out. I mean, I feel like. It was just a really good time, and we just had a really good team chemistry, and I think that's why we were able to make it and win in the first game, second half. So let me ask you this. Uh, I think almost everyone would agree that the outfield depth in the Sox system is, I mean, it's extraordinary. Does that, knowing that, uh, does that give you a little extra incentive? Does that push you a little extra when you're you're working out and doing things in the offseason and and then during the season just to, I mean, feel, feel like you have to do a little more? Uh, I mean, I don't really worry about that stuff as much. Okay. I mean, obviously, I work very hard, uh, but I don't really look at that. I try to push myself harder. I'm just trying to uh, maximize my potential and try to become the best player I can. 
Um, as far as the other players and the other outfielders, especially, I mean, all, every single one of them is a tremendous player. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot from them, just being around them and uh, talking to them. And I feel like we're all kind of rooting for each other. Right. Um, obviously, we're all competing. We all want to maybe see that big league with the White Sox. But at the end of the day, I feel like, especially in Winston, we we're all looking after each other, pulling for each other, and pushing each other. And I feel like that's why we're able to have that successful season um, as a team and also a lot of the individual players. Just to, um, all right, so last year uh, with uh, with Winston Salem, uh, 293, you drove in 78 runs, and obviously as you were as you were talking about before, you know all the, all the other individual players on your team very good seasons, and you know they have to be on base for you to drive in runs. Uh, so 78 RBIs for you, and you hit seven home runs, but at nine triples. So what do you think you did, or how do you think you improved in 2018 as opposed to 2017? Um, I feel like I just. Um, first of all, I feel like my body is in a lot better space uh, as far as when the end of the season came. Uh, I was able to maintain my weight better. Um, our swing coach, George, uh, did a good job with me, just listening uh, to me, how my body felt, and me just maintaining the same too. And just being able to keep the weight on too. Uh, I just felt like my body when the season came uh, down to the end wasn't as run down as it was in previous years. And um, that was one thing, but also it just, I mean, I had a lot of stuff this season. Not that I haven't had fun in the past, but I was just really just thinking around those guys. And, uh, they pushed me to be better, uh, and I'm sure I pushed them to be better sometimes too. But um, I just feel like being around those guys and just having my body be in better shape. And, um, just also as far as hitting-wise, um, I think I was a lot more selective on the pitches I was uh, choosing. And when I did get those pitches, I didn't miss them as much. I tried to do damage with the pitches I got. Um, so I'm sure all three of those things, along with some other things, is just there's a reason why um, I was able to have a little bit more success this year than uh, the past year. All right. So, with that being said, what are you what are you working on this off season to to get even better next season? Then, what, what are some of your main goals? Yeah, I, I mean, um, I mean, this off season I've gotten a lot a lot stronger. Uh, I've put on some really good weight. Um, I feel like I'm in a, an even better spot than I was last year as far as how strong I am and how good I feel. And, uh, I feel faster and more powerful. Um, so my body feels really good, but also just like little swing things. Um, just working on being in my legs more. Um, I've worked really hard to, to make my legs one of the stronger parts of my body. And uh, in my swing, I'm trying to work hard on uh, using that even more than I have in the past. And um, Christian's been helping me a lot with that. And uh, Brian has been in there. Just, uh, just a lot of really good hitters I've been able to watch and talk to and just take little bits and pieces from that I feel like are going to help me um, kind of continue to develop and learn my swing, and I'll continue to work with um, Jelly and whatever hitting coach um, I may be with, and just kind of continue to find two things, find two things, and uh, try and build on uh, a pretty good 2018 season. So you you talked about the uh, going back still in the season here. You talked about the coaches in you know the environment at Winston. So you know Omar moved up to, to Double A, and, and I'm sure you'll 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 be right there with them. But what was it like playing for Omar? It was incredible. Uh, Omar's a funny guy. Um, he likes to keep it loose, likes to have fun. Um, I honestly enjoyed my time being around him. Uh, he knows a ton about baseball, so anytime uh, he was able to give us little uh, insights into the game or stuff that's going on, um, I made sure to listen just because that man had a lot of success in his career, um, was a very good player, and I feel like he has transitioned into being a pretty good, uh, a really good coach. Um, honestly, just being able to talk to the players, communicate to the players, and uh, having gone through 
everything. He has a lot of a really good feel for just how our bodies are feeling. Stuff. So he just has all us put us in really good positions to succeed um, to help ourselves and also our team. So not just Omar, but uh, I know uh, one guy that we we as Sox fans uh, love, Aaron Rowan, spent a lot of time with you guys as well. What did you What did you take away from Aaron, and how did he help you this year? Uh, Aaron Rowan has always uh, helped me uh, since I've got traded over. Um, I mean, he's another guy that's had a lot of success, and um, I mean, he helped me a lot in the outfield. I feel like I was able to become a better all-around outfielder, um, and I was able to take a little bit of pieces, whether it's the jumps I had or the wraps to the ball, um, and just kind of continue to develop as an outfielder. I don't want to be a one-dimensional player. I kind of want to be someone who can do all things. So um, he's helped me a ton. Honestly, base running, uh, fielding, and even hitting an approach sometimes too. I mean, he was able to do it all. So he's had a lot of success. Um, and I was another guy I was really thankful to, to learn from and continue to learn from. Uh, two two more questions for you, Blake. You said you put on yeah. you, you've put on some good weight. Now is that is that because you want to add more more power to your game, or, or is that just overall health, or what is that? Um, what, one more time, I, I think it's yeah. So you you mentioned that you you've put on a lot of good weight this off season. Obviously, you mm-hmm. know, for, for yeah. good for your overall health. But are you wanting to increase your power output as well? Then, or is that yeah? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, like I've always said, I mean. I feel like I've had a lot of power. It's just I just got to be able to tap into it. And uh, some of the adjustments that I'm trying to make in my swing, not like a long distance and that, but just trying to get myself into a better position to be able to do damage with the pitches I get. Um, I feel like they're not helping a lot, but even being I feel like added strength isn't is going to only help or benefit the chance of the movement to, uh, to develop my power. Um, but I feel like I, I do have a, a good amount of power, and it's just being able to implement into the game, making sure I get the pitch, I don't miss it, um, and just kind of continue uh, to, to look for my pitch and do the All right, uh, last thing um, last thing I have for you, it's kind of, I mean, it's nothing to do with baseball, but uh, you are a, a Jordan brand athlete, so how did that all happen for you? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% really sure how it happened, I just um, when I got drafted, uh, my agents told me, I mean, I've always loved Jordan Brand. Uh, Derek Jeter was my favorite player growing up. Obviously, he's one of the uh, biggest Jordan Brand main guys. Um, and so I always just uh, loved uh, their stuff. And um, when I got drafted, I knew there was a chance that I could um, be able to sign with them. So we just kind of waited it out a little bit. And uh, I ended up being fortunate enough to uh, sign um, a deal with them. And I mean, it's been incredible. Um, just the people I've met. Um, just uh, the way they take care of me. Um, I just feel like it's one big family there, and I've just been very lucky to be a part um, of their brand. And, I mean, they stand for a lot of really good uh, things. So I was very fortunate to be able to be a part um, uh, of their Jordan Brand family. And um, I hope to continue to um, hopefully be able to continue to be a part of their uh, family. As, uh, I think all right, man. Well, thank you so much. Season's right around the corner, so you know, continue, uh, continue to get ready, and uh, good luck this year. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, Clinton Cole and Jason Benetti. Uh, Jason, obviously, this is you know one of the, the the best times for the farm system. Sox fans can remember. I know you you're obviously very busy during the year and don't get to, to see too much, but uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot, and obviously you know what's going on. So. 
what are your thoughts on this overall on the overall system obviously their prospects and you know they're not all going to pan out that's just the way it goes but for the depth of the system what, what are your thoughts on that it hit me last night actually we had a season ticket holder event uh at the the bridgeport arts center and i was like man i'm surrounded on this stage by people way younger than me who are extremely talented like this thing is raring to go at some point there's a top to be blown off and to be around it when it happens is exciting Here we go, Clinton Cole, Rick Hahn here at Sox Fest. Uh, so I asked you in the scrum about the catching prospects. I mean, obviously for Sox fans, it seems like for, for us that you know since AJ, it's been a it's been a position of need, and obviously catching is is it's a it's a crapshoot. You know, I mean anything can happen. But what is, what is your timetable for these two guys? In general, yeah. in general, you like to see excellence and extended for lack of a better word, well, we're talking ideal, so dominance okay. at a given level. Uh, both Sebi and Zach being at AAA next year, uh, they're obviously a phone call away. Uh, feel like Sebi, uh, given where his defensive game is right now, could certainly help us in an emergency at the big league level if something happens, but would like to see him uh, and Zach get you know, continued reps at that level and show that they've mastered that level. Uh, they both very much could be in the mix for 2020, depending on how this year goes. And being just a level away, it's conceivable they contribute this year as well. As everybody knows about, uh, you know, obviously Dylan Cease, but uh, another guy that's right up there is Dane Dunning, um, a guy that in that in the deal with the Nationals came over. He 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 played at a high level in the SEC, um, and he's got he's he's got the talent. So, what are your thoughts on Dane, and, and what do you think about him? You know, it's, it's a it's a shame uh, that he had the setback last year with the forearm. That obviously cost him uh, reps more than anything in terms of building up that innings base and, and uh, continued success at the path he was on in Double A last year. Uh, knock on wood, he's doing great now, and we look forward to him rejoining that uh, Birmingham rotation. And given his pitchability and his feel, he's the kind of guy who, you know, conceivably could come more quickly. Uh, we need to balance that against uh, building up that strength, building up that taking a ball every fifth day uh, element that comes at the minor league level. But had he gotten through all 28 some odd starts last year healthy, you know, I think a lot of people would be talking about him as conceivably in the mix for the fifth spot this year. Uh, so job one for him is get out there, take the ball every fifth day at Birmingham. Uh, over the course of the spring and summer, he'll show us like how close to he is on that time frame he, he would have been on had he not had the setback. Last thing, uh, so I spent a lot of, most of my time in Kannapolis and Winston, so you know, I, I saw Jersh a lot in Omar. I mean, Omar, just uh, what a guy, first of all. But for Jersh, the youngest guy doing it, he's moving up. Omar's moving up. Um, I know good managers in Birmingham and Charlotte, yep. but I spent the most time with those two. So for Jersh and Omar, uh, what can you say about those guys? You know, people do, understandably, the focus is on the playing, the on-field talent, the playing talent at the minor league level. But you also want to have talented individuals as coaches. And, and Chris Getz and before him, Buddy Bell, 
emphasize that of getting talented guys in the organization and and giving them the opportunity to grow in, in managerial or coaching roles. And the, the two guys you mentioned, Jers and, and Omar, have have done outstanding jobs. Uh, Jers for a little bit longer than Omar with us, but they both did uh, outstanding jobs last year and earned those promotions for for new challenges. Uh, you know, I'd add Matt Zaleski, former Absolutely. pitcher of ours, who you've obviously spent time with down in, in A ball. Uh, he's been just wonderful, and and the work that. Uh, our guys have done on the player development side in terms of identifying uh, coaching talent. It's, again, not as primary on people's minds. It's the playing talent, and I get that, but it's still an important part of the job. So obviously Ricky's your guy right now, but, I mean, Omar's... Omar, man, he just seems to be on that path. So I assume you had to, I'm sure you had offers, other offers from other organizations. So what, what do you see for Omar's future? Well, here's the, Omar deserves a lot of credit in that he was obviously a big league coach. Uh, he wants to one day potentially be a big league manager. And he could have very easily slid into other major league coaching opportunities. Those were available to him throughout the game. Instead, to his credit, he decided he'd go down to, to A-ball and manage for us. Now, he got a real talented team in Winston, and it's a beautiful yeah. place to manage in a great city and a great ballpark. And now he's moving up to Birmingham with a similar situation. So it's been good, but you don't see too many guys who spend as long as he did in the big leagues, much less are part of Hall of Fame conversations, willing to go back to the bus leagues, so to speak, yeah. after they've had a, a taste of coaching in the big leagues. But Omar felt this would be the best thing for him to grow as a potential manager, and uh, I will not be the least bit surprised uh, when he's one of the 30 guys uh, running the club someday. All right, thank you. You bet.